to Summer Bays, the unofficial home and away podcast brought to you by Clara Kavna, where I take a weekly look at the trials and those big old tribulations of Australia's most beloved surfer town, Summer Bay. Each week I do a deep dive into the week's events and discuss dilemmas our characters are tremendously good at finding themselves in, like, should Tori support Christian on his quest for inner peace and the meaning of life? Or will Dean ever give up on Mackenzie? Get ready to feel closer each day to home and away. Right, so in the Morgan household, there's a lot of feuding going on between the two couples. So Christian's still trying to wrap his head around what has happened to him. Why did he survive? And why was he given this second chance? He's super distracted from the wedding, which (laughs) is a total insult to Tori on her amazing spreadsheets. And there's kind of this wedge that is starting to be formed between Tori and Christian. Tori is mislogical, can't wrap her head around if things aren't black and white. And Christian now has this new lease of life and he's her born again fiance. So that just, I think, makes it hard for Tori to really understand what Christian is going through. They're speaking totally different languages. He's wanting to go frolic into the ocean, but naked. <laughs> Which Tori's brain cannot process. She was acting so conservatively towards him. And I know, is it illegal? I assume it is. But she's pretty furious um, at him, especially when he reinvigorates Leah on her Susie crusade and kind of motivates her to keep looking for Susie. So I don't know, because Tori's so resistant to... Christian's new way of thinking and and dealing with the aftermaths of what happened with with Lewis and this near de- death experience. I think it's to her detriment that Tori, because she can't get on board, because she it's not in her nature to go with the flow. And I just don't think she's being that respectful of this journey that he's on. And you know he is going through something quite prolific, and you know clothed or not, she kind of has to respect that he is that he's just trying to wrap his head around it. It's not that he... Like, I don't understand what the problem is and why Tori has to be so dismissive of it. Like, saying stuff like, you just threw a grenade at Lee and Justin and now, instead of dealing with it, you're now getting your towers red. Like, you know, everyone has their process, Tori. Um, But I know, it must feel like to her, he's had a total personality change, brain transplant. But, But then when Justin and Christian have their heart to heart... And they both kind of agree to compromise with their ladies because neither of them, nobody wants to fight really anymore. And Christian's saying stuff like, I want to be the man Tori agreed to marry. I just thought that that was, because he has changed. That's, he's kind of gone through something so big. It's like, oh, I don't know. I just thought that that was a funny turn of phrase. But anyway, they seem to be kind of back on track and maybe it was just all like first day back worries and... And with and Christian getting back into work, I think might help reignite his older self or just kind of maybe he was had too much time waiting to go back to work and thinking about all this stuff. So when he maybe when he gets back in theatre and back seeing patients, he's going to be like, this is my meaning of life. I'm now going to be like a better doctor and like serve my patients better. Something like that. I don't know. And he's all about taking the control back when he goes down to the abandoned ward. So reliving that trauma, I know, is a thing that uh, victims can find helpful. And it seemed to have worked because he arrives back in much better form. 
But where, so I was like, oh, is this ordered? Then he starts speeding after work. So uh, I don't know. I just hope that Tori can relax a bit more and stop wanting everything in such a regimented form because like it's pretty life changing what he went through and pretty soul shattering. So you kind of need to allow him to do it. And I feel like the more she creates resistance around it and not let him ex- uh, fully go into the meaning as to why he survived and take the science out of it, the more he'll rebel. So I just really hope that Tori can be a bit more supportive and take her logical hat off and go, okay, I need to allow him. Because like, they're not together that long. I know they're engaged, but like, he's now speaking in rainbows and she's black and white. So fingers crossed she can just loosen up a bit more. And yeah, in the other half of the Morgan household, we have the crusade to catch Susie, which is pretty much only being manned by Leah. Now she seems to have gathered a few more cohorts as the week went on, but like, I just feel so sorry for John. He already feels like the town fool. He just feels that he was way too gullible and it's all too painful to relive. And then you have Leah who's relentlessly pushing up against him, demanding him to get involved. And I, with all the research that Leah's doing, what in what input is John going to have? He he's just licking his wounds. He's not doing any research. He didn't know. He's just another victim. He's not going to put in the man hours on Scamstop to help them. So I feel like Leah's approach should be: Do you want to help in some form rather than we need you on board? Please don't give up now. Kind of vibe. It's a mistake to give up now. We've got a new lead. One last chance. It's just playing on. John's insecurities it's playing it's it's very baiting I don't like it and I just I really do love Leah dearly I really she's great but when Leah gets stubborn it's just oh I feel like Justin I really do I feel so like Justin so and John doesn't want it to be his battle and he certainly doesn't want to be ambushed and this new guy Stephen from Scanstop he seems pretty genuine but it's also like crossing a few lines. She's bringing him home. Tori's even wary of him. It's It does seem fairly innocent, but is it a bit disrespectful to bring him back to your house and have him there late at night while like, you know, Justin is uncomfortable with it? So I don't know. I just thought it was, I don't think there's anything untoward in either of them, but like, it's not exactly being painted in a good light. And anyway, so this whole like heart to heart with Justin and, and Christian the kind of thing they agreed upon to go forward is is to compromise with their um, partners. So I think Justin just wants to keep the peace and what he he knows that what he's doing isn't working. But then, and then he's like, uh, and he's like, okay, maybe I can get on board this Stephen stuff. I'll listen to your, uh, your Susie rants. Okay, fine. I'll try get on board. Yeah, so it seems like while he originally thought that the two of them together are going to be a nightmare, it seems that Stephen is a good influence and gets Leah not to jump at shadows and to hit pause. And now that we know that Stephen has confirmed there was no romance between Susie and Stephen, that makes it easier for John to kind of jump on board. But I just feel like Susie's been gone out of the show so long. Like, are they actually going to find her? Where is this? It seems like it's getting momentum because there's a new character. But then do you really think Susie's going to... What are they going to do if they catch Susie? Like, she's not going to give him back their money. She's probably spent it. (laughs) 
And riding on the coattails of Bella and Nick, we have Chloe and Ryder who are trying to muddle their way through unemployment, skiving freebies whenever they get a chance and also not really having a plan for like, you know, the money's going to run out eventually. So the stewards are kind of circling over Ryder being like, if you don't sort this out, you'll be working at the bait shop super fast. So this whole food truck idea, I guess it's good. Mexican themed. They've now they've gotten their cute little truck off Ziggy. But like when they're trying to plan it, they just think it like, oh, poof, we can get a, we can start up a food truck. And when Rue is like very kindly giving them her time, Chloe is impossibly rude being like, do you teach maths? And she's like, it's going to cost you 50 grand. I just don't think Chloe's making the worst impression on her boyfriend's family. I just, I just think she's in all the encounters, like they're like, you're clearly not welcome. And Chloe's like, mm-hmm, I like Ryder. So I just think like for a tight knit bunch as the Stewarts are, I just think Chloe goes out of her way to, to make a bad impression, even still, like she's not even trying to get to know them. Um, so I hope she never gets to call Alf, Alf, and I hope she's calling him Mr. Stewart forever. And it'll be interesting to see how this rivalry with Mac it seems like that's the main motivator rather than like making money, starting a new trip starting a new venture, being an entrepreneur. It seems to be driven by Mackenzie and her attitude. But yeah, another person who is killing it in their career, I suppose, is Mia. Oh, great. Delighted for her, even though she cannot stop kissing her boyfriend in front of her boss, which is still so inappropriate. And I think like Jasmine's like, please stop. You're now in my place of work. Will you stop? scoring in front of me and yeah it's a bit of a guilty thing accepting a new job and she has this great relationship it's her dream job and now she's planning for a baby so look and when she took the job she didn't know that she'd be planning for a baby straight away so look you can't be too angry at her there but um Jasmine seems to be super happy with her work so that is probably going to cause a problem and but you can see now so there's a bit of a ripple effect on this baby plan so Tane finds out and kind of confronts Mia and it's kind of cute because it's in a protective way but Chloe is going to have some issues with this because it really broke up their family it's the source of why Mia and Ari didn't see each other for 10 years so and Chloe was the one who suffered the most from that yeah they really mentioned telling Chloe so anyway through even just Tane finding out about the baby plan it kind of is helping Ari and Mia reaffirm their strength as a couple and that they're refusing to let what happened last time happen again. So we'll see. But Tani, on the other hand, with his um, surprise asking of Ziggy to move in, don't know how well it's gone down. I know she obviously has more than enough space out in the farm, but her pause was a little bit too pregnant. (laughs) She didn't look. Her face was a bit like, why have you asked me this? And it is very soon. They're only together like a wet week. And I know Tane probably wants to get out of that house before a baby moves in because there's already like pretty much Bella and Nick, Ryder and Chloe and me and Ari all there at one time or another. So that is kind of, you can see why Tane's like, get me out of here. Yeah, I just wonder, is it too soon for Ziggy and Tane? And now time for Miss Mackenzie Booth who is still on a mission to ruin every relationship that she has ever had in her entire life. And she's doing such a good job at it. And I think 
the actress who plays her, she plays this evil character so well. Like the facial expressions, the the not giving a shit, that really she just goes there and she's so easy to hate. And like, <laughs> like, it's so funny how indecent it was to not tell Ziggy that she had moved out. Like Ziggy had to find out through Irene, like letting it slip that Mackenzie had moved out. Meanwhile, Ziggy's been avoiding her house like the plague. And oh, it's just, that's such a hard, like, I know it's only small, but it's such a horrible thing to do, like just to not even just move out without saying anything. It's just, I now Ziggy should have probably just gone home and checked, but it's just so funny that that's how she found out. And Tani's definitely in Ziggy's corner, but I don't know if it's a good or a bad influence though, because Ziggy's obviously genuinely worried. And then Tana's like, no, 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 no. You don't get to be worried about her. She was the one who betrayed your trust, tried to kiss your boyfriend. So I think that's quite a, I don't know, it's very influential kind of, it's like, should Ziggy, because Ziggy is so easily influenced and gullible and very reactive. I just think that's a bit, okay, I'm not going to use the word controlling, but it is quite, he's steering her there and allowing that bridge to stay burnt. So I don't know, I just thought that was a bit too trying to steer the ship for Ziggy there. She should make that decision herself. Now, Mac did her no favours when they have the confrontation outside Salt, which kind of further laments Tane's point when Ziggy tries to even do the white flag and Mackenzie's like, oh, sorry, you're not feeling okay. Maybe you should go speak to a professional. So yeah, never mind, I suppose. Um, <laughs> just it's, yeah, so I probably should say that Tane was right. But anyway, Dean is being a lovely undercurrent trying to keep this Mackenzie sinking ship afloat. You know, he's trying to help it salt. He's trying to get John off her back. He's forcing her to go to work, <laughs> literally making her go and have a shower. But as soon as he takes her eyes off her, she's back drinking and drinking on the job, no less. Like, that's not a good look. And then once she's left her own divisive, she's like hooking up with strangers and bringing home randoms and it's all in front of Dean and that must be really hard like it's for it's front of your brother like that's you know it's regardless of whatever Mackenzie's going through like that's an awkward time and it's also Dean's home and I don't know it's just not yet not very respectful and I think it was funny that like Mackenzie keeps trying to bring it up and bait Dean and it's like and I thought it was very interesting what he said when he was like she's like stop judging me and it's like no you're judging yourself I'm, I literally have nothing to do with this. And I think that's very true. And that whole thing where she was like, like when he said to her, like, thanks for asking me about Jai, you're so like wrapped up in your own crap. And she's like, oh, I forgot. And then runs out the door like a wimp being like, I need all the hot water. I just thought that run out was so funny and random. I actually love looking at the actors when they finish their scene and they walk off. It's like, I don't know. I find that really like a stage show. Like if Dean like walks off with like a crate full of deliveries or Z's walking into the ocean, it's like, when do they stop being the actor? It's like when there's a cut. I don't know. I find that funny. Anyway, Mackenzie seems to be in a super dark place thinking she has nobody to rely on, but she's not actually listening to Ziggy when Ziggy's like, can we start afresh? Or Dean being like, well, I've literally, you've been relying on me and you don't even see that I'm helping you. So I think, yeah, if she keeps pushing all these people away, it's only one thing will happen. So... So yeah, I just don't know. She seems like a bit of a helpless cause. And 
We all know that Dean is super loyal, so he'll probably never give up on her, which is good. But it's just a bad attitude and it's pretty endless. It's relentless. It's not going anywhere. And even when people are trying to be nice to her, she's being mean. So I don't know what's going to make her snap out of it at all. Seems like it's not going to stop. Alrighty, well that about wraps it up for me this week. If you want to get in touch, Summer Bays is on Instagram at Summer Bays Podcast. Slide into my DMs, we can have some fan chats, have a bit of a goss about who you're loving or hating. G'day, and I'll talk to you next week. Bye.